Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the BBC Good Food podcast with me, Miriam Nice, and the latest instalment in our mini-series to celebrate the bumper Christmas edition of Good Food magazine, which is out now. Joining me today are Cassie and Barney. Hi, how are you both? Oh, great. Thanks, Miriam. Hello. Yeah, really good. Thanks. How are you? <laughs> All right. So nice to have you both back on the podcast. Um, so for anyone who doesn't know, what is it you do at BBC Good Food, Cassie? So I'm the food director. So I have big um, involvement in planning the content. Um, and with the rest of the team, we come up with lots of the ideas for the magazine and the website and right across the brand, really. Fab. And uh, and you, Barney? So I'm skills and shows editor, so I play a big part in our live events, and then I host podcasts on the more, I'd say, specialist side of food, so things like baking sourdough, and then we, along with Cassie and the rest of the team, we put together all the content, so all the wonderful recipes, all the beautiful images that go along with it, and all the, all the videos for website and magazines. And where are you with your own Christmas planning? Have you got the menu already planned out? I haven't started yet, actually, which is quite unusual for me. I usually, as soon as Halloween's out of the way, I usually get going on the Christmas plans because I'm a big fan of Christmas. But um, I haven't had time to think about it yet, but I'm sure it won't take long and I'll get my notepad out and start scribbling down ideas. (laughs) What about you, Barney? Have you already ordered everything? I've been honing it for over these years and I'm now getting to like the, the, the pinnacle of my of my uh, of my desert island Christmas, so I yeah I, I'm pretty certain about what I'm going to be making, and then it's just a matter of getting ahead and cooking it. Uh, the sides will always change a little bit, but the actual turkey is a turkey we're happy with, and a turkey that the whole family will ask for. So um, yeah, that's what I'll be making. So I'm, that that bits that bits all sorted. Sounds good. What 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 turkey are you doing? You've got a special. So it's recipe. quite it's quite complicated, but there is a recipe on BBC Good Food. Um, <laughs> but it's I comfy the legs and then I roast the crown. So actually, you, to be honest, I would I would love to go with goose. I, goose is my favourite Christmas meat, but the rest of the family are um, huge turkey fans. But by comfying the legs and then roasting the breast, you get still get best of both worlds. It is a little bit of extra work, but because I did it once and everyone loved it so much, it's just expected of me now. And as long as I get someone <laughs> else to peel the potatoes and maybe get uh, yeah get a few little hands helping on other things, it's it's uh, it's not too much work to do. Oh, sounds great. Okay, so Cassie, I've got the new issue in front of me and the cover looks really festive. Can you talk us through what, what I'm looking at? Yeah, it looks lovely, doesn't it? So we like to go quite often for a big cake on the cover of the Christmas issue because it just feels really celebratory um, and appeals to lots of people. I think everyone likes a nice, gorgeous cake, uh, especially around Christmas time. 
So we've gone for a beautiful red velvet cake this year and um, it's a four layered cake and it comes with a lovely uh, cream cheese icing. Um, so cream cheese icing is really classic with red velvet cake, but we've called it cheesecake icing because it's quite um, heavy on the cream cheese element, which uh, is lovely with the rich red velvet sponge because it just cuts through the sweetness a little bit. So it's got a nice balanced flavour to it. And then we've given it a we've given it a lovely um, festive look with some gorgeous sprinkles and some truffles dusted in like a gold luster dust and we've done some beautiful piping on the top so i think it's gorgeous cassie it reminds me of the candy canes you get at christmas it's kind of got that that look about it yeah that's funny you say that that was the inspiration behind it because we want something that instantly just says christmas and the red and white stripe color it you know is reminiscent of candy canes and it does make you think of um Christmas straight away doesn't it so that was one of the big reasons that we went for red velvet but also it's just so popular you know even this weekend I went away for a friend's birthday and um, said to her husband what cake should I make what's her favorite and it was red velvet and so many people you speak to just love red velvet Um, and we've never featured it on the cover surprisingly So it's it was what about time. Different generations asked for as well. So it seems like you know, young, the, uh, my, my teenagers' friends, they all really love it. They consider it trendy, but it's a cake we've all, we've also all grown up with. No, it's a real winner. Yeah. So I mean, red velvet. Tell us a bit more about what it is and where it's from or when it's from. Yeah. So um, red velvet cake is a chocolate cake. Um, it mm. used to uh, so. Cocoa powder used to be kind of untreated and it used to have more of a red hue to it. So when, you know, in days gone by when it was made, maybe 50, 100 years ago when it was created, uh, the cocoa powder had this lovely reddy, browny colour to it, which naturally made um, this type of sponge. It gave it a lovely red colour when you combine it with the bicarbonate and other ingredients. Um but as time's gone on and cocoa has become more processed, it's lost that colour. So during like war times, people would add uh, moisture to cakes and try and recreate that redness with beetroot. So quite often you'd find beetroot used in red velvet cake. Uh, but now we have quite strong um, food colourings and you can use a natural food colouring, but it has to be a really, we like the the gels or the pastes because they have a really good, strong colour. So we use those to make the chocolate sponge uh, red and it just gives it a lovely, rich colour. So there isn't actually anything uh, in it anymore that's, you know, naturally red in colour, but it's just a nod to the red velvet cake of days gone by. And the recipe in the magazine is 11 steps long. Does that mean it's really difficult? No, not at all. It's actually a very simple recipe, but we like to give people lots of detail, especially for the decoration, so that they can make something at home which looks like the cover. You know, we don't want to give give people a recipe which is unachievable. So uh, we like to break it down into quite a lot of steps when it's a long recipe so that it feels more achievable. And we're really, you know, there helping people through every, every part of the process of the recipe. So there's a few different decoration elements like the... Um, it's got a lovely smooth icing. So we talk people through how to crumb coat the cake and then you chill it and then you add another layer of icing, which is how you get that lovely smooth um, exterior with no crumbs in it. And then we've gone for quite an easy like piped decoration on top. But again, that's another step and we talk people through how to create that look. And on top of the cake, you've got some lovely 
white chocolate truffles, which we've just rolled in a luster dust, an edible luster. And it just gives a lovely, um, a lovely kind of extra bit of sparkle to the top of the cake. But it's a really easy step and they're all optional decoration steps. But we just like to break it down um, so we can really help people through the recipe to make sure that they achieve really good results at home. Great. And what do you think the kind of common mistakes are when people make this kind of this kind of cake? Uh, I think maybe rushing it. So you can't okay. ice a cake like this when things are at the wrong temperature. You have to wait for the cakes to be really, really cool. You know, ideally make them the day before, let them cool, even chill them or freeze them. You know, you can ice a cake when the cakes are frozen and um, then they're really stable and the sponges won't break. So just taking your time with things like that and then in between the steps, making sure it's really well chilled down. So especially with a cream cheese icing, it can be quite soft. So it's really important that you've got it at the right temperature so it's not too soft. So you crumb coat the cake, as I said, you, you stack the layers with the cream cheese frosting or icing Um, and then you do a very rough coating which we call the crumb coat and this just traps all of it all of those loose crumbs and you chill it so at that point it looks very rough and ready and then you chill it down until it's really really cold and then you put another layer of icing on and that is your perfect finished um, edge so you need to take your time between those steps to make sure it's properly chilled down to make sure the icing's at the right temperature and yeah, just taking your time with icing, I think. I think getting the gel right as well. I mean, you mentioned it before, but I think, you know, if if it, having the red food colouring gel is pretty essential, isn't it? Because other food, other food colourings, you'll have to add so much, they'll change the recipe. Yeah, well, I mean, that that's one of the big things, actually, with red velvet, isn't it? Lots of people say, oh, it came out brown or it wasn't the right colour. And obviously, different food colourings do vary. So they will turn out differently, different colours. Um but we've advised that you use a really good paste and they have a very concentrated pigment. So that's what gives you that lovely deep colour. Fantastic. Um, and it's in step three, there's a bit where you add the ingredients kind of alternately sort of adding dry and then wet and then and then that, like, what's that about? Why are we doing that? Yeah, that's so that the mixture doesn't curdle um, and you don't like lose lots of air when you're incorporating things. If it's curdled, it doesn't give the same rise. Uh, so that's all about making sure it doesn't curdle and it's it's all about temperature making sure that uh, nothing too cold is going into anything too hot and just making sure that you get a nice smooth even batter great and it serves quite a lot of people it's a really big cake it does serve a lot of people but it's very rich and the ratio of icing is quite high I think to get those good stripes yeah Yeah. exactly I think a red velvet needs a really generous um, proportion of icing same with cheesecake um sorry not cheesecake carrot cake I'm not interested Mm -hmm. in carrot cake or red velvet (laughs) unless you've got almost you know equal ratio of cake to icing (laughs) So, you know, it does make it high in (laughs) calories, but it's an indulgent cake. It's a treat. It's something to enjoy. Um, There's no point in having a lovely slice of delicious cake if you're going to scrimp on the icing, in my opinion. And what's the one thing you're looking forward to most this, this festive season? Just being together with people I love, I think, for me. Um... It's been a long time coming for Christmas, hasn't it? And yeah. I really like a big family Christmas. So I just can't wait to have everyone around the table. And to be honest, I really, I couldn't care what we're eating. I just want to be together <laughs> with my family again, celebrating, um, spending time together and the food will be the bonus. 
So I, I can be a little bit bar humbug about Christmas when it actually comes because Christmas starts for us in, in May. But I think this year I'm really, really looking forward to it. So I'm going to put a case forward to my family that we only have Christmas every 24 months, in which case I'll be a lot happier and we can have we can be a lot we can be a lot more we can be a lot more uh, can, I can be a lot more excited about it. I am genuinely I'm going all out this year. I mean I'm not you know my daughter's already started watching Christmas films, and I've said we're going to buy the biggest tree in the shop, and it's going to be it's going to be an absolute Christmas from Central Casting. As Cassie said, it isn't you know I'm going to get everyone to help with the food. The food plays a big part in it, but it's about we were all robbed of a Christmas last year and it made me realise just kind of how special it is. We only get so many in a lifetime and it's really lovely to come together. So I'm really looking forward to it this year. Sounds good. Although the idea of cancelling every other Christmas <laughs> is a bit... <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely not up for that, Barney. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, obviously not in the magazine world. I'm thinking no. more, 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 more around the Desmasery household because I can, I can, I can muster up enough uh, Christmas cheer. I think for every other year, <laughs> I'd have it every month if it was up to me. Oh. <laughs> so we had to, I had to test these recipes. Obviously, we're all testing from home, aren't we? Um, and I had to test these recipes in late July for the uh, for the big Christmas feature in the magazine. And obviously, we didn't want any food to go to waste, so I, I invited. Eight, which was me and my wife, and then eight lucky neighbours to come round and have Christmas in July. And they could not believe the concept. They said it was the best summer Christmas party they've ever had. They also said that they wanted it to make, they wanted to make it a summer tradition that we now have that we have two Christmases a year. That we have one with <laughs> our family and one in July with all the neighbours. I love that. You can't get away from it. You'll end up having four Christmases uh, instead of what, hoping to cancel one. <laughs> Okay, so another key element to the Christmas issue is, of course, the Christmas taste test. So this is where expert colleagues get together, blind taste test, supermarket Christmas products to find the best ones. Everything from smoked salmon to stolen, Christmas cake to cranberry sauce. Over 175 products were tested this year, I think. Yeah, and we were all all involved in this one. Barney, what's your favourite category to judge and why? The pigs in blankets is good first thing in the morning. Because uh, you've got an excuse to eat sausages and bacon, lots of first uh, yeah. things in the morning. They are always quite good to. So I'd say the pigs in blankets is up there. Definitely like the turkey tasting. Not mad about drinking lots of different tubs of gravy. That is always okay. probably my least favourite. <laughs> um, as I called it, Fifty Shades of Gravy. That's always a bit <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which yeah, I think I'd say the gravy is my least favourite, and maybe the uh, the pigs in uh, pigs in blankets is possibly my favourite. Cassie, what's your favourite category to judge, and what are you looking for? I would probably say my favourite to judge is the desserts category because um, they're all really different. They're all really interesting and innovative. You know, some of the categories like the Christmas pudding or the mince pies or the Christmas cake, they... Um, they're quite similar. You're eating the same thing over and over and it becomes a bit of a blur sometimes. <laughs> but the desserts category, they always really wow me. There's always one or two which are just next level, you know. They've just taken it up a notch um, and they're really impressive. So like this year, our winner uh, was a giant chocolate penny which you crack into and there's, you know, lovely layers of um, hazelnut praline and chocolate and caramel. It's just delicious. Um, 
So there's always something very interesting. So I think that's kind of what we're looking for, something which will really wow people, something that people maybe wouldn't make themselves at home because obviously we provide lots of recipes for cooks. We know that our readers love to cook. So we're looking for things which um, are quite involved and uh, people probably wouldn't make at home. Um, So, yeah, I really love the dessert category. I also love panettone um Ooh, which yeah I, yeah I mean they are all quite similar um but you always get a few standouts and I love panettone so I have yeah. no problem eating you know 12 different panettones <laughs> would, you, would you agree Cassie the things that stand out like really stand out it's like sometimes it's a bit tough but over the years it's normally like two or three each year where it's unanimous because everything's done blind I mean the, the big thing about our Christmas taste test is that it's done blind so there is no bias because we all have our favorite supermarkets we're all more loyal to make to, to say a more local to to almost local supermarket we all kind of think that one supermarket might say be a, a little bit better quality than another so the fact that you do it blind is really important so everything is done you know totally blind we have we, we we don't know where they're from we're just presented with food and um i think every year there's a couple of absolutely like standout where it's it's unanimous everyone says that that is head and shoulders ahead of 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 everything else in its category and we're often very so surprised by the by the supermarkets the, the supermarkets that do them um you know this year's winner was from a supermarket well this year's mince pies were from a supermarket we just really weren't expecting and not a supermarket that you necessarily associate with with mince pies it's always really exciting when that happens when everyone picks the same thing and it's just head and shoulders that you say above the rest um we you mentioned barney about the um pigs and blankets for for breakfast um cassie for anyone who doesn't know can you talk us through how it works on the day Yep, so um, we will judge a couple, a couple of categories each day and it's spread over the course of a week. As, Bar- as Barney said, we blind test everything. So we are sitting in a room, uh, we have independent um, food uh, home, home economists brought in for the day and they will prepare everything and um, keep everything very under wraps so there's no chance of us seeing any labels or any packaging we can't see where anything comes from we're not allowed to see any of it when it gets sent in and everything is presented on you know the same plates so there can be absolutely no bias whatsoever it's all presented in the same way and then um we judge in silence. <laughs> We're not even allowed to make any, you know, mm, noises, <laughs> which might influence other people in the room. So it's all done um, in silence. And um, we write any comments down in silent as well. And then the person who uh, is bringing all of the results together takes in all the uh, votes and comments and, you know, just can see which, which one is the winning item. Yeah, there's an adjudicator. So the adjudicator, as Cassie said, you know, a lot of things could a lot of things can sway your sway your opinion. If someone makes, you know, negative <laughs> noises about something they try or positive noises, all of a sudden you're 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 wondering about kind of what, what their opinion is. Um yeah, so there's an adjudicator. And then previous to this, so uh the supermarkets will run Christmas shows where historically we'd all have gone along and seen the innovation for that year. But if you're tasting, you're not allowed to go to the Christmas shows because you're not allowed to see what they're bringing out before you taste them. Mm-hmm. So we're allowed to go to the shows afterwards once we've decided on what the winners are, should the shows run afterwards. But previously, we've if you're on the judging panel, you're not allowed to know because you'll know which uh, 
which products came from which supermarkets. Yeah, it's quite quite strict. No um, yeah, press shows, no raised no raised eyebrows. Yeah, it's right. No, no raised eyebrows. <laughs> and Cassie, if you could invite anyone round to your place for dinner over the festive season, who would it be? Anyone at all? Um, I'm going to say J.K. Rowling <laughs> because. Oh, I love Harry Potter and I think she's a genius and I think she'd have some good stories to tell. And I did a Harry Potter quiz this weekend, so she's on my mind. <laughs> and same to you, Barney. Who would your fantasy guest be? Uh, I'd like someone to sort of host the table and make us all laugh. So I'm thinking about Chris, I think maybe someone like Victoria would. Oh, yeah. So someone who, yeah, someone who would just, just you know, and she could even, if we're not, I haven't got a piano at home, but she could uh, she could maybe bring a piano and, then, and, and we could have a bit of a sing-along as well. Brilliant. So fun. Um, I think that's about yeah. all we've got time for. Thank you so much, Barney and Cassie, for joining me. Thank you for having us, Miriam. Oh, it's, it's been, been a pleasure. Absolute pleasure. And uh, look out for the bonus episode at the weekend. Don't forget to pick up your copy of the Christmas 2021 issue of BBC Good Food magazine out now. And you can find more recipes and festive inspiration on bbcgoodfood.com. See you next time. Thanks for listening to this BBC Good Food podcast. For more brilliant recipes and ideas, visit bbcgoodfood.com.